where there is smoke, there is fire, and Red Bull seems to be enveloped in the smoke of cost cap issues, Sir Hamilton's nose seems to be infected, and Checo declares himself the king of these streets. Let's jump the start. What's up, everybody? Welcome in Jump to Start Racing podcast. My name is Wellington. I'm here with Yancey and Ruben. Yancey, say hello. Hi. Ruben. What's going on, guys? On today's episode, we will be talking about the Singapore Grand Prix, as well as, more importantly, this whole cost cap violation, rumors, swirling, theories, hypothesis... I was going to have to keep going. I feel like you were the conductor. Yeah. (laughs) Guys, before we get into it, make sure to uh, follow us at Jump to Start F1 on Instagram and Twitter. At Jump to Start F1 on Instagram and Twitter. Also, make sure to leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. If you haven't already done so, that's how we are found. Uh, Also, tell a friend to tell a friend and, you know, tune in and listen. Ruin, you know what's coming. How was your weekend? Too short. Wow. Definitely too short. Is anybody surprised by that? No. <laughs> yes, he. I agree with Ruben. Too short? Yeah. Maybe it was because of the overcast skies yesterday. It rained uh, here in Singapore, right? Yeah. And Yancey's just sad that the summer of Yancey's almost over. No. It's definitely over. Come on. It's October. <laughs> it's October 3rd. No, but the summer of Yancey. We might. Is he around? <laughs> I think I might extend it. There you go, you see? Hmm. Will you call it the winter of ENC, though? Or is it just, <laughs> it's just going to be the summer of ENC? It's going to be the year of ENC. Year. Whoa, Dude, I like I it even better. That's Double Y. That's a bold statement. Guys, again, at Jump to Start F1 on Twitter and Instagram. Okay. So, the talk of the paddock before the race, and it, it was so, like, it's not even on Formula1.com, I guess... I don't even want to say what I was thinking, but they, they're not reporting the full, you know, all the rumors. They don't jump into it. But the whole apparently. So the FIA is finalizing all the cost cap numbers come this Wednesday. We're recording Monday night. So there are rumors abound that there is one team that went over the cost cap, but is under guys. Correct me if I'm wrong, but is under five percent above the cost cap which is the first limit and then there's another team that it blew way past it and is way more than five percent uh and that um there has been uh no no correction because again these rumors are swirling and we don't know last i heard was both teams were under the five percent threshold meaning mm-hmm. but one was more egregious than the other which okay. required, I guess, more of a punishment. So one spent seven and a half million, the other one spent six and a half? <laughs> right? <laughs> one spent seven and a half million, the other one spent seven and a half. Five hundred dollars. No, so it's so the cost cap know. for this year is well, five dollars more. The cost cap for this year is hundred and forty million dollars, right? Hundred and forty one point eight million. Because they because they okay. adjusted it for inflation. So Around seven million dollars, 
$7.9 million dollars is... Let's swipe it No, no. Let's call it around $7 million. Mm-hmm. That is the 5% of the $140 million. For this year. For this year. So there's a team... The teams are hovering around a number that is below the 7%. Or $7 million. Yes. Okay. So the two teams rumored to be involved are Aston Martin and Red Bull. With Red Bull supposedly being the much more egregious overspend. Um, so... Last year was one hundred and forty million. Forty five. One hundred and forty five. One forty five. Last year. This year's one forty one point eight. Mm-hmm. Next year's gonna be one thirty five. So going down. With probably. no inflation. Well, I don't think they have they've discussed that yet. Okay. Which I'm pretty sure they're gonna have to adjust it if they did it this year. So, the penalty for overspend of less than five percent is deduction of drivers and constructors championship points, suspension from one or more stages of a competition, meaning like free practice one during a weekend or something like that limitations on ability to conduct aerodynamic or other testing everybody's limited now and as, as far as their testing and reduction of the cost cap if you spend more than that five percent overspend more of the five percent which is a major infraction it's deduction again of drivers and constructors championship points suspension from one or more stages of a competition okay suspension from an entire competition meaning a whole weekend on top of what you already had with one stage uh the exclusion from the championship which is if you guys recall that's what happened in what was it 2008 with mclaren mm-hmm. yes and then the reduction of the cost cap Nice. I don't think it was eight. Because yeah. eight was one. Lewis won. Seven. seven. Lewis won seven, eight. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Seven. Um, that was Spygate. So, okay. Let me just take one step back. So, we know that the allegations, we know that the, the who the rumored tier teams are. We know the penalties suggested. 2007. Sorry. What are, you, what are you guys? So, obviously, the people campaigning the loudest. Total Wolf, who has been saying, oh, Red Bull, they need to face penalties. Same with Ferrari saying uh, Red Bull needs to face the, wants the maximum penalties for S1 cop, F1 cost cap rule breaches. Um, Capito, Josh Capito, Joss Capito, F1 cost cap breach more serious than cheating on track. Jeez. What are your thoughts? Right. We all expect, I mean, this is F1. So what makes F1 interesting aside from the on-track action is the drama and the politics of F1 off-track. This is where most of the headlines come. It's very it's a very unique sport or motor sport in that sense. So you're going to expect obviously the main competitors being especially after what happened last year uh in Abu Dhabi, you're going to expect Total Wolf to say something. You're going to expect Ferrari to say something because these are the teams that were most affected by the cost cap. Um, as far as cheating is concerned, I think Josh Capito hit it right on the head. The reason why these small teams are can be viable in the future is because they're not being overspent by the big teams. Big teams meaning Ferrari, Mercedes, Mercedes and, and Red, Red Bull. Bull. They're not being overspent by the. Uh, they can be competitive is because those big three teams are not throwing money at their car without any limit where they can just like develop their car to the point where 
the car is what two three minutes faster throughout the race um or probably like a lap down or two laps down which we've seen that the past few years um it is tantamount to cheating these are the rules you must abide by the rules because again the reason why f1 has gained so much value and these teams have gained so much value is because there is a cost cap or they're trying to implement the cost cap. If these rumors are true and they don't punish the teams that broke the rules, then why have the rules in the first place? They have no teeth. They have. There's no way to police it because once somebody breaks the rules, if you find the loophole, they're not going to be punished. It's tough because where where everyone is coming from now, like there's more, or they're at least selling us that there's more clarity into everything. F1, remember that it was a, a money sport. It's, that's you know coming from the old days, saying when you know things were there were rules, but they were always very wavy rules when it came to getting away with certain things they, they do go down harsh on people that actually break the rules plainly except you feel ferrari but they do go harsh on those people <laughs> that's <laughs> Sorry, false yes. too okay so is it yeah it is this allegation and stuff like that obviously we're still wondering what it is but i hope f1 comes down worse than a you know, then I, I judge in one of our courthouses here. On a, on a, on a you know, Capital One murder kind of stuff. I want to know that level kind of stuff. Because you broke the rules. You broke, blankly broke the rules. You had you were supposed to get ready for this stuff. Some teams were able to be under the rules, especially the big teams, the way Ferrari and, and Mercedes are, are, are talking. It looks like they were like, very confident that they were under. Mm-hmm. So why Rebels mentioned? I don't know. That's the Martin, too. That's the Martin, but... Aston Martin, like you know, I was telling you guys off the cat before we started. Aston Martin, we I know s- why we know why they mentioned. What they broke the rules. That's <laughs> 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 it. What is it? Was that was the smoke? The smoke is fire. So with Aston Martin, <laughs> that's what they mentioned. With Aston Martin, I see it happening because they're just spending money all over the place. As far as like, they went to rebranding, they're building a new facility. They're they're just throwing money all over the place, and them not staying within the budget cap. I see it happening. Yeah, because but you can say that about Red Bull too. They but, have they have a new they have a new powertrains division. They're building so a new powertrains factory. You give me a different twist compared to okay. the point I was trying to make earlier. So right. you, you are right about that. Yeah. Too. So <laughs> I mean, what's the they difference? are the two ones that are more guilty. Yeah. Even when I was saying earlier that um, what other team besides let's say for example let's 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 take a Red Bull, Mercedes, and and Ferrari out of the equation. Besides Aston Martin, that's spending a ton of money. The mm-hmm. other team that fits the bill is, is Red Bull. Mm-hmm. As far as the way the, the way the money is being spent. Because they had to buy that whatever from you know they had to buy the plant from from Honda. How do you, how do you know that they're spending? You guys are saying this, but how do you know that they're spending a ton of money? They always have. <laughs> Everybody is. Okay, so, so those are the two teams that are. It's, it's your is your gut. No, no, these are the two teams that are showing with what they're doing, logistically wise behind you know you could say behind the scenes. So they're showing, for example, like what I was saying, Aston Martin. They had to go to a rebranding. They invested into Aston Martin or took over Aston Martin. Now they're building a new facility just with a new, brand new wind tunnel and stuff. Building like. a brand new factory, basically. Yeah. So that's where, like, I, I say Aston Martin, yeah, it's you know, probably the more guilty out of all of them, but Rebel is also Pro doing Rebel, the same thing. <laughs> so yeah, but, yeah, but if, if we're talking about a building, right? Mm-hmm. 
how are you gonna how are you gonna build a building and, and say oh it has to fit within the cost cap? There's no way. No, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that's part of the cost cap. I but say that's what because you're saying. I, oh, I building a, a building. No, no, because of all the spending that they're doing, where oh, it just so happened to trickle into the race operation. No, it's, it's seven and a half millions. This guy, remember last year, a couple of years ago, these things were spending four hundred fifty millions. So seven, you know, five percent is seven and a half millions below five percent. He spent four what? This team's the budgets were like freaking four hundred yeah, million, four hundred fifty million. Mercedes was spending they were like two, over two hundred million. million. No, it was no, four hundred no. million. The team that spent the least amount of money was Force in, and they were spending one seventy five. Okay, yeah. So to go down to less than half what you were spending is harsh. Yes, well, but a quarter. <laughs> what they were so spending. I gotta tell you, I I agree that the team, whoever broke the rules, if somebody broke the rules, they should be punished. To whatever I just read out, they should be punished to the letter of that and should be disqualified, have stuff stripped from them. I, I agree 100% because I'll tell you what, the Houston Astros cheating kind of ruined baseball for me. I don't want to watch it anymore. Like, who knows what else is going yeah. on? And because you and me were the biggest baseball fans, basically. I don't watch it anymore. Yeah. It's it's terrible. Like, yeah. uh, people are talking about the whole Aaron Judge thing. I'm like, I don't, I don't care. Like, how do you know he's not juicing? How do you know he's not corking his back? And that's where my mind is at now. Like, Fernando Tatis Jr., one of the, and I'm going on right now, one the of face. the best players in the entire sport was with Fox PEDs. Yeah. He's suspended PEDs. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm just going to assume everybody's cheating. And I just don't want to watch that because it's not... It's not what it should be. So I, I do want to backtrack, and I want to say, we all agree, right, that they should be punished. The FIA even came out with a statement on Friday and said that they haven't said anything, that anything that is being released or talked about is unsubstantiated rumors. They will have the full report on Wednesday uh, and not to jump to conclusions. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Yep. So you you guys are... In agreement that there, where there's smoke, there's fire, and that it's likely Aston Martin and Red Bull. Let me just put it this way. The reason why these rules were put into effect were, it's a twofold argument. One, the sport, when it was bought by Liberty Media, was basically in a financial freefall. And Liberty Media has, they saw that these teams or the teams that were involved in the championship were losing their value. And if you want a healthy championship and you want to be able to market yourself worldwide, not only do you have to put on a social media campaign or a marketing campaign to get eyeballs onto the sport, but you also have to make sure that the the product that fans are seeing are there for a long time because we invest in the drivers, we invest in the teams, we buy team gear, we pay a ton of money to go to these races. This is something that has to be viable for a long time. And any major sport league in the world, talking about, you can talk about the NFL, Major League Baseball, Premier League, we can go on and on. These These sports have a structure where they have revenue sharing within the entities within that that organization being Formula One management and the teams where they have to make sure that they make money. Traditional motorsport 
was rife with teams going out of business because racing costs a lot of money. And if you're not competitive, you can't win enough money. So you just leave the sport because you can't afford it. Okay? So that's one area. The second area was that the sport wasn't competitive enough. Why? Because these teams, these big teams spend so much money, they're far above and beyond even the smallest team on the grid, which I think is either Haas, well, now it's Haas, but it used to be Williams at some point because they were losing so much money. There's no competitive balance there where you can say that Williams can eventually move up the grid or a Haas can eventually, or a Sauber can eventually move up the grid and fight in the midfield or fight for podiums or fight for wins. There was no way to ensure that. So why would teams invest on, why would any, anybody who's watching the sport and like even be invested in the smaller teams or even be root for an underdog when there's no chance for them to get to the top? And that, that is why these rules were implemented, to give the teams value so you have a product that you can put out to the fans that can last a long time and you can be invested over time with older friends and newer friends when you bring in the newer friends in. And you also have a better product for people to see more competition because that's what we want to see. That's the basis of these rules. And if in the first year you have one or two teams that break these rules and you don't enforce them, then the sport is in a horrible place and eventually it's going to be on a downfall because there's nothing, we're going to have the same old thing over and over again and it'll start losing popularity because everybody thinks it's rigged. All right, so I'm going to go, what? No, I have, I have like a little dark horse towards like, you know, obviously these two teams keep it. Keep it. Well, let's talk about the teams later. So, do you think that the FIA is going to enforce these rules? I am going to go first, and I'm going to say no. So this is another situation, right? This is look at look at how everything's been treated in the Formula One world, right? So it, perfect example, perfect. It couldn't happen at a better time. This weekend's race, where Sergio Perez had three reprimands. Then they didn't say, oh, we'll figure it out after the race. And then it's like, okay, it's, it's only a five-second penalty, but he still wins. They waited until after the race to make the determination, oh, yeah, he still won. We're not going to take away the win, et cetera. I think that's exactly what's going to happen here. They wait. Why would you do the, all the scrutineering after the fact? Why not just do it during, like, every quarter or whatever, every five races? Have your budget numbers. Here you go. Because what's going to happen is these – Oh, well, I got all the money. I got all the sponsorships. I got all the accolades. I celebrated on the podium. My guy is the champion. And sure, take it away. People aren't going to remember that. They're going to remember celebrating. I look Carlos Sainz in Brazil that time. Right. How much did that matter that he got to celebrate after? People don't remember People don't even that. remember that. Yeah. They don't remember that. They remember, oh, my God, the fireworks, the new world champion. We're going motor racing, Mike, or Toto. That's what they remember. They don't remember... Oh, yeah, and then we have to go back, and here's the asterisk, and they had to strip the title. They're not going to remember that crap, especially after the fact. So it's, it's just it's, it's perfect that this happened this weekend with Sergio Perez, which we'll talk about in a few. So do you guys think that it will be enforced? I don't know. The, the track record says no. But then what happens is, is that then F1 is what boxing is to, to, to combat sports. 
boxing has lost all his popularity because there's not one governing figure. So you have multiple fights and you have multiple prize fights, but nobody knows who's a champion or how many belts you use. You have 50 million belts. And that's exactly what F1 looks like if they don't enforce their own rules. As opposed to the UFC, who's super popular, there's a structure in place, and this is how you do the fights, and everybody watches it. That is what F1 will look like if they don't enforce these rules. They won't be a viable sports league. They'll be like the box. I'll go one step Like, you'll further. go and you just watch, uh, you know, the prize fight, a, a, a Monaco Grand Prix, or if there is a... If there's a, 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 a challenge, like a, a, a rivalry for the championship at the end of the year, like there was last year in Abu Dhabi. But you won't be watching the whole entire season as a whole because what's the point? I'll go one step further and I'll say, I bet you that they come out, no matter what the numbers look like, everybody's numbers look great. Good job, guys. Yeah. Just like, yes, he has to talk about it, but just like in 2018, that, that engine... Oh, guys, guys, let's make an arrangement. Let's make a deal. Let's not talk about it. Yeah. But don't do it going forward. Yeah. That is. That's that. what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. That's why what I see happening as well. It's going to be the FISL is going to completely, you know, like downplay it. It's going to be behind closed doors. Whatever gets, gets you know, gets, I guess the solution is going to be hands up behind closed doors because they don't want the PR hit. And. Okay. Or they're going to say it was Aston Martin, not Red Bull. Right? No, that, that was I wasn't necessarily that horse that I that I'm bringing, you know, that I just thought about right now was Williams back in March or something like that. They got a fine because they didn't send the paperwork on time or something like that. So it could be them too. The, what? Oh, for the, the the numbers. Yeah, they didn't turn them on time. So it's, it could be either that. So do you guys think that those two teams are accurate? And if not, which are the which teams do you think it is? If it's two teams, I think Rebel would be spot on considering that. They were in the championship fight last year, and nobody can really overtake uh, Mercedes for the past, what, seven or eight years. And we saw Red Bull struggling at the end of the year Uh, because Lewis Hamilton was just 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 pumping in victories, pumping in victories at the end of the year, and he should have won in Abu Dhabi. So what do you think? So... Obviously, Aston Martin is a, is, a, is a deal for me that they did it, yeah. You think it's Yeah, him? Aston Martin definitely did it. The other team, you know, Yancey's point as well just could could persuade you to go in, you know, the two points you made. Because, well, what were the points? Well, he just said right now regarding because they were struggling towards the end of the year and they had to, re, re, you know, take another. That Red Bull was struggling at the end of the year. Towards the end of the year okay. compared to compared to how Mercedes, you know, with the bosom. It could be the Mercedes too. That's, they gotta... that, so that's where I'm going to go. <laughs> like, why would they struggle at the end of the year if they weren't <laughs> adhering to the cost cap? Or me- Further, and I'm going to point this out, right? <laughs> it could um, be Mercedes, Yancy. I'm going to point this out. I'm going to point two things out that point to me that it's Mercedes. If I'm Red Bull, why would I cheat? And I'm going to, let me let me tell mm-hmm. you something. They have double the budget. They have AlphaTauri and Red Bull. I can do whatever I want and say, AlphaTauri's budget. Like, what do you got? I could do whatever computational fluid dynamics... Wherever I want in the world, on the, it doesn't matter. Alphatari did it, not me. Meaning, right. on, meaning on the wind tunnel, I could easily change the, change the chassis number to put an Alphatari chassis. Yeah. And we, <laughs> they could test whatever component they want, and it would be Alphatari, right? If you can, if you, you don't even have to cheat. That's all above board, right? Everybody knows that that's their sister team. Marco uh, controls both. I feel like right. It's not. I, I feel like I'm spitting facts here. It's not even a theory. It's just that just kind of is what it is, right? Yeah. So you have. I'm going to give you why I think it's Mercedes, or why I think Mercedes is potentially culpable. Is 
we saw that they just engine after engine on Valtteri Bottas. At the end of the season, engine after engine on Lewis Hamilton. And that's what allowed them to even make the title the title close, right? To close up. To close up. Further, to go into the following year. Red Bull was year. doing the same thing, though. Who? Red Bull was doing the same thing. You guys just said that they were struggling at the end of the year. Yeah, but they were changing their engines as well, just to keep up. Stra- changing their engine, but not wrecking them to the point that, like, Mercedes was. No, you're right. Further, come into 2022, who's got an entirely different concept from everybody else? You think that they didn't test that? <laughs> The sharp <laughs> So listen, yeah, but, yeah, no side but or or the other the other the other side of the coin would be that Red Bull, knowing that they had to homologate a floor or something where they where they could test it on the old car, bring it onto the new car, and they know that this year is going to be basically the same chassis for the next year. They spend extra money to make sure that this the floor for this year is good for this year and next year to win the champion. They didn't have to. So here's my other point with Mercedes. If you guys recall the start of last year, everybody went to a high-rate concept, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mercedes had to really fight to change that car last year. Mm-hmm. That concept is the basis for this year's car. The high-rate? Isn't it? No. Okay, so... Absolutely not. I'm taking it back, but yeah. that concept of the high-rate, they had to fight to change it within... Within the year, within yeah, that yeah. season, mm-hmm. so I felt Big like there, there was right. There was, a, there was a lot of changes with their arrow, with with everything, right? And you just said they were getting killed, and then all of a sudden they start turning it around. So, so like, yeah, we say, oh, all of a sudden Red Bull was more competitive, but it's because the regulations changed to favor them because that's what yeah. that's what Formula One does. They change the regulations. If one team is too dominant, they'll change the regulations, right? And they changed it away from them. Mercedes had to catch up, and then they had to catch up with their engine. So to me, I just don't see how. I don't see how Mercedes the would fit. Of their engine. I think it was quick and it was just wasn't reliable. I just don't see how Mercedes would fit within the budget. Granted, Red Bull took on way more uh, penalties as far as like their car being wrecked. Mm-hmm. So that that also plays part. But I think that I, I don't know. I just think that there's a lot of. A lot of gray area out there. I don't really see any other team spending that I, much, to be honest. I, I just feel that when you're the team behind and you've been losing for such a long time, you probably get a little bit more desperate. And you bring, you know, desperate times calls for desperate measures. Mm-hmm. And the desperate measures would be if, why don't we just, just spend a little bit more and nobody finds out. I, I understand what you're, I understand <laughs> what you're saying. And I agree and with And I you. understand what you're saying. However... If you're the, you just said, why? If you're the team behind, desperate times call for desperate measures. We saw like an engine every week for Mercedes. That in that desperate times, desperate measures, right there. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you're right. That's what you know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not disputing the fact, but we're, we're arguing rumors here. We don't even know what the hell's going on. Yeah. So, but I just think that, like, for example, with what we just talked about with the floor design, super easy to just say. Wow, AlphaTauri is developing this new floor technology. Like, I, I just think it's so easy to cheat above board for them. It doesn't make sense to break the rules and potentially that, hurt yourself. Is that why AlphaTauri sucks this year? Because they took all their CFD time from <laughs> Probably. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know, man. Uh, Super intriguing, though. Very much so. But, yeah, uh, it's a very valid question. Will the FIA enforce it? I don't think so. I don't think, I don't think that should even be a question. Not as hard. They, they will is, enforce it, but it will be clo- behind if, closed doors. And oh, it will be, man, you know? if, if, this is going to be a farce if they don't, man. Either way, it's a farce. Guys, we're sorry. We're doing this. Dude, at the end, there's four, five races left in the next season. Oh, we're, we're doing that now. Hey, we're going back. We're going to change everything up. Uh, you know, it's been almost a full season later. It's well, a disaster. Even if they, they go punishment, they're not going to go back into last year. to, to serve. The so punishment will be served in the future. And that's pretty much all I, Okay, I already made my money from the sponsorship. Yeah, but that's, how, that's the way. And, and, and now you suffer. And let me tell you something. These numbers were supposed to be out by now. There has been a delay within the FIA to get these figures out. Cooking the books. So, like you know, again, yeah, I feel like there is, there is, there seems to be some validity to your suspicions. I feel like the FIA is the new FIFA. What's my oh that they're just that they're just like that, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is the FIA the new FIFA? <laughs> it's going that way, and it sucks because it will. <laughs> the World Cup is in Qatar. <laughs> there, you know, there's a commercial now where it's John Hamm as, as Santa, and he's like, the World Cup is when? During my time? Christmas? And it's just like, this the is World crazy. World Cup is in Qatar. <laughs> crazy, man. No, but it's like, so the FI is the new FIFA. And they're like, okay. It's just, Qatar's going to be on the calendar for the next 10 years. It's, it will be enforced. It's just going to be behind closed doors. Which is dumb. There's going to be sealed documents. Which is dumb. But that's probably why the FIA released that statement to just stay quiet. Because they want to handle it and they want to make it go away. Before it blows up in the public. Yeah. Preemptive. Now, what are you going to do to to keep a team like Mercedes that are still, have the, that are still bleeding from last year's championship? You have to do something not to keep him quiet so they don't blow a gasket on this. Because remember, and you also have to do something on to the keep Ferrari, Ferrari quiet. No, no, but on the Ferrari engine cheating thing, Mercedes still won. Guys, we reviewed all the numbers. Everything is in line. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's right. Damn. You want to no, know the, the numbers are confidential. You can't see what these teams are spending money on. Because then it'll be you'll be getting an advantage. Right. Is it, is it, it's it's the, confidential. Is it? Is it <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure. What sounded like they were. I'm pretty sure. Like Michael Massey. I am, yeah, I am pretty it's, sure. It's I'm pretty sure that there was there. Ha- I mean, maybe there's not, but I'm pretty sure if the teams agreed to this, that there has to be some kind of transparency in these. Yeah, things. the FIA is a transparency during the season that it's taking place in. Yeah, I agree. Otherwise, it's it's just BS. The FIA is the one that transpires. So, have we discuss, have we beaten this one to death? Big time. No, there's going to be more. There's going to be yeah, more. There's going to be more, but it'll be new development. For now. No, next weekend, if the numbers do come out, we'll have more, you know, no, no allegations the, anymore. The numbers are <laughs> coming out. The, no, the, 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 the guilty, the guilty the, parties. Everyone was good. The horse ain't dead yet, but... The guilty parts will come out for next weekend, and then we're going to talk about the guilty parts if they come out. This is crazy. Which I know they're not. This is crazy. So F1 brings a launch party to Vegas on 11.05. So it is the official launch of, I guess, that circuit. 
It'll be on the Las Vegas Strip. It'll be after, what is it? It'll be after the uh, Mexican Grand Prix. First 500 fans aged 21 and older to attend the festival will be in a chance to score a complimentary ticket to the private VIP celebration that night featuring an intimate performance by The Killers. Wow, that doesn't sound oh, appealing. It's a great band. Love The Killers. Lineup includes 11 o'clock. Launch party begins with the Pit Stop Challenge. Oh, Ruben's uh, a G yes, at sir. that. Esports simulator activations, car and trophy. This is basically a fan zone, I guess, at 11 mm-hmm. o'clock thing. 1750, which is 550 if you're nasty. Live car run on Las Vegas Boulevard with drivers from Red Bull, Merce- Red Bull Racing and Mercedes. A drone show at, at 6.30. Uh, 6.45 introduction of drivers and teams on stage. Wow, this is a big deal. Yeah. And at 11 o'clock, official after party with Alesso at the Omnia nightclub. So you said this is going to be after Mexico. Yes. We were, I think last year, remember that there was something in California they did? I that both of us was part of it. I remember there was something like this, like I think last year, they did like a, like a like um, something around... In California, uh, where they, where, where they were doing car runs and stuff like that, Mercedes was the one. Because remember, in sometimes goes, there's a lot of Red Bull drivers, or like it's like a Red Bull event that they make it, and then. But last year was like a like a Mercedes event in California. You guys so, tell me to remember. I have a terrible memory. I got you. So, but being that the drivers are close by, you know, more than, you know, Red Bull and Mercedes are going to take part of it. So now they're going to be, you know, they might have. I wouldn't pass pass it at least Hamilton or Verstappen is there. I, I Both will be tough. I doubt it. But okay, let's say for example, so Checo, Checo and Russell might be there, and that'll yeah. be dope if they are. Like, yeah. I think the only question I have about this is, what's an intimate performance? <laughs> you don't want to know. <laughs> you don't want. It's not just you and them. <laughs> so I have to slip it to the ASMR. I mean, it's Vegas. Yeah. Intimate performance. Got to go into the ASMR. <laughs> By the killers. Yeah. So I guess welcome, welcome to welcome to the U.S. again and again and um, again. Yeah, for uh, Formula One. So, anything else news-wise, guys? Before we move on to the race, been going on for a while. <laughs> there was a race this weekend, guys. Yeah. Oh, the, the thing that first was, one in three weeks. Huh? Yeah. It was one of the one of the articles you shared that caught my attention that. Horner is thinking about maybe suing some of these teams for, for talking bad about them. He should. <laughs> it's crazy. It's libel. It's on print. We're gonna take it to we're gonna take it to the higher court because <laughs> the FIA is not listening to us. Typical F one drama. <laughs> I like it. Of course, that's a part of the soap opera. Actually, part of the part of the rivalry last year, uh, well, part of the, one of the best parts of the rivalry last year was a war of words between Total Wolf and uh, Christian Horner. Oh, I'm sorry. One last thing of note. The rumors are still there. Silly season is still ongoing. Eric Van Haren from uh, a Dutch publication says Nick DeVries uh, is pretty much ready to sign the contract. And he, as uh, soon as that's done, he's ready to sign the contract at AlphaTauri. As soon as that's done, the transition from Gasly to Alpine will be happening. I'm sorry, it's like in Dutch, so I'm trying to read it. Tra- no, I can't Whoa. read Dutch. No, I'm kidding. Uh, they expect the announcement to come this weekend. Really? This weekend, huh? Okay. That'd be crazy, right? I just want to see a lot of things happening for Red Bull see, uh, this weekend. Ocon and uh, and Gasly on the same team. That'd be interesting. Same car. So when I, I was along, when I was driving, they don't get along. That's what that's what I heard. That's what I heard when I was driving How is to that the possible? when I was driving to the bar this weekend to see the, to the race. 
uh, you know, they were talking, they were saying that they don't get along. I'm like, this is the first time I heard it. It was, uh, I think, Will Buxton that was talking about it. Yeah, they, like, they, they don't get along. They, they, you know, maybe they, they're, they're cordial now, but they, they, they have a rocky history. Oh, man. Oh, man. Two Frenchmen. French so it's going to be like Sergio Perez and uh, Ocon. Ocon. All over again. again. Yeah, pretty much. Hope so. Then we need that kind of excitement, too, from, from the mid, you know, midfield. Maybe instead of a stop in uh, knocking out Ocon, it'll be Gasly. I got my money on the great. <laughs> great, guys, yeah. great. Okay. We go. Gentlemen, a short view back to the past. I don't got it today. You don't got it today? All right. So, thoughts on the Singapore Grand Prix race weekend? Ruben. It was pretty good. You know, besides the, the drama of the rain to dry, stuff like that, I think it was a justified win. Justified win or pretty good? What are you telling me? No meaning. I, I mean, unless you want me to go into details. I was no, like, I just like, <laughs> no. What you said? Win? Yeah, yeah, justified win. It was pretty good. But won. why was it pretty good? Checo Paris won. Oh, why was it pretty good to you? Justified win for Checo. No, because we had some excitement at the beginning. Then it just died down. Then when the, you know the dry to wet, you know, the wet to dry thing that that brought woke us up, you know, real quick on on end. And I think that the, the winner was justifiable that he won. He was the only driver that you would say at the beginning of the race to take over was. He showed him showed that he had an awesome start and good for him. Okay. Where were your thoughts, Hansi? It's weird. <laughs> a weird weekend. It was a weird weekend. It was a very weird weekend. I thought that the highlight of the weekend was Q3. That was a very fun qualifying session. Um. Compared to where we're coming from in qualifying, yes. The highlight of the weekend was Q3. Yeah, because you didn't know who was going to get pulled. Yeah. I think I just did that tension there. Like, You'd you be liking that. You like that when, the, when there's like uncertainty in the air. Yes, with, I think, of course. I think most most uh, racing fans would, would, <laughs> would opt for that. Yes, real good. Yeah, it, it, that was the highlight of the weekend for me. Uh, but it was a very weird, weird weekend um, just because... Nobody really knew when to cross over to the tires, and everything was kind of like stalemate up until that point. And I think I think the same thing happened during the race too. What was it? Max got no. Leclerc got pulled by point yes. two two second point mm-hmm. zero two two seconds. Hamilton was off by like much shorter even than that. Um, I was gonna get pulled. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. My, my thoughts on the race weekend were... It, I agree with Yancey. It was weird. Um, I, the teams... It's clear that they still... They still don't have it down with the tires. And I don't... I can't decide if that's good or bad. Because once they get to a point where they know what's going to happen and it's, it's, and then it's a math problem, it kind of makes it boring on our end. Them kind of guessing and being wrong, it makes it better racing for us because it's less predictable. I'm gonna go out on them and say that's good. <laughs> the tire thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Ruben, so you um you were the first one to break this news to me and Yancey on the chat. Um <laughs> Hamilton escapes a penalty over a nose stud. <laughs> <laughs> but Mercedes F1 fine. So they were fine over screwing, but Big what, what Big Brothers uh, watching? I guess they they had previously they being the FIA had previously here we are actually where they 
enforce a rule while something is actually happening, which is nice for once. <laughs> they had previously clarified the rules and made sure because this was always part of the rules, but the drivers they you know they would wear jewelry and the drivers I mean like. Lewis Hamilton, basically. Mm-hmm. Guys wear chains and stuff, but like that doesn't seem to get the scrutiny. Why Why do this now? I have no idea. This is just stupid to me. The, yeah, it's dumb. The story is, obviously, they you remember the hoopla where Lewis Hamilton came into a press crop conference wearing 20 watches and... <laughs> Well, that was after the... 50 chains yeah. and... And fucking five underwears. I IWC like that. <laughs> I was. I IWC he my looked like that. He looked like Mr. T. Um, so, the story goes like this. They, he, they gave him time to take out the earring. It was soldered on. So, it wasn't like he could take it off. It was soldered on. So, so he took it off. Yeah, he took it off. The solution was that he can... They found a way where he can obviously take it off during the races and put it back on after the races in that process it got infected so um what the medical team said the best solution is just to keep it on until the infection goes away and they presented this to the uh the FIA. To the FIA. Or oh, the stewards. Angela, yeah. Angela, come get your man. Yeah. Like, come on. They presented this to the, you know, to the FIA, but I guess Mer- Mercedes didn't disclose that, even though they were in constant, I mean, Lewis Hamilton was in constant communication with the scrutineers, but it wasn't disclosed in the official paperwork, so that's why the team got fined, and Lewis Hamilton was able to escape any penalty or anything like that. But that was, that's really the crux of the story. It got affected because he, you know, he was taking it off and on, and and yeah, that that's what it is. Um, and he has to keep it on until the affection goes away. Alfa Romeo F1 team fined ten thousand euro over tire breach. They're not returning the tires at the end of FP1 before on FP2. Time. They're just not doing it on time. So we see it, right? The FIA is flexing their muscle. They're going after every little thing. So and that's that's kind of why I'm bringing it up. Sulaiman. Sula, Sula, Sulaiman. Yeah, he's Mohammed bin Sulaiman. He's coming in strong, strong man. Because <laughs> that was everybody complained that the rules weren't being followed last year. So now we got a strong well, man, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the the biggest rule or it costs the championship. They don't follow. They follow these little rules. Let's go motor racing, Yancy. Um, there were also tweaks to the porpoising metric. So. Because it is a street, we have been saying, okay, it's a street track. There's going to be more porpoising. The, um, what is it? The um, the measurement of the floor, the floor of the car to the floor of the track was loosened up in order to be able to make the ride more comfortable for drivers. So, you see, there's a lot of machinations going on. This is all before even the qualifying. Alex Albon is back, as we know. He missed uh, last race, allowing for the uh, Flying Dutchman to Nick DeVries to be able to take part in uh, uh, the the previous race. And F1 drivers call for wider pit lanes to avoid injury. Yeah, we've seen a lot of close calls. We saw Checo drive over a uh, torquing gun uh, recently. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What else would you call it? A torquing gun? Torquing gun. Not not torquing gun. gun. Not torquing. Torquing. Wheel gun. Anything else before qualifying, boys? No. 
All right, so qualifying, we saw Charlotte Claire leading the pack again by 0.022 seconds uh, over Sergio Perez. Lewis Hamilton came in third, and he was just 0.054 seconds, five hundredths of a second behind Leclerc and three hundredths of a second behind uh, Sergio Perez. Behind them, Carlos Sainz, Fernando Alonso, Lando Norris, Pierre Gasly, Max Verstappen, Kevin Magnussen, and Yuki Tsunoda. So, imagine if Hamilton was in a faster car doing that same lap that he did this weekend. I think qualifying. What a beast! Just throwing that out there. So we know Leclerc is an awesome. Pole setter, I think this was, what, number nine? Number nine on the year, yeah. I predicted 16. Not going to happen, obviously. Um, So that, you know, Leclerc and Hamilton, for the foreseeable future, if they had had equal cars, I feel like it would just be a fight between them, right? Sergio Perez, he just sometimes, I guess when he feels like it, he just does it. You you woke up? No, it's street tracks. Street we'll tracks, that, but you're right. Yeah, street tracks. I he said that's, that that's crazy lap in Miami. Yeah. I think. Listen, uh, I I think of note, Max. If it wasn't for what happened, Max was not comfortable in that car. This this uh, this uh, the entire qualifying session. You can tell he was fighting the car, but he was putting in some spectacular times as well. While sliding, while sliding, and obviously some some of those mistakes cost him. I think what cost him the most was that he had to back out at the yeah, end. In the, in the last flying lap, yeah. Well, he had to back out uh, because Gasly was too close. Then he had to back out again because he was going to run out of fuel. But I think Max was putting in some awesome laps this qualifying session, considering how out of control he looked in the car, if you see those onboards. Well, remember, Paris was also doing a crazy lap in that kind of style of way, of, as well before, where I think... They turned to abandon. They turned to abandon the lap, or he abandoned the lap because Max abandoned the lap. It was like it was like some kind of confusion between him and the pit wall. As far as like, I thought, Max abandoned twice. He no, did. no, yeah, but he did. Paris as well, no, no. I didn't, it wasn't Paris. I didn't see okay, Paris, okay, okay. It was Max twice. It was Max twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah my bad. Because hey, what happened there? So yes, he already mentioned it. Verstappen had to abandon his last flying lap, which I don't. He was we don't know in where hot. he was coming in hot. We don't know where it would have put him, but due to a fuel issue. That set him down, well, what did I say? Eighth place, I believe, mm-hmm. in qualifying. Yeah, eighth in qualifying. Sucks to suck, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that set up what we thought was going to be a good race where a lot of overtaking. So the race itself, um, obviously we could lead off and say Max is not the champion, so it didn't work out for them in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um we had a Sergio Perez win. Charlotte Claire third place. And then we had, I can't even remember, Carlos Sainz in, I'm sorry, Charlotte Claire second, Carlos Sainz third. So, sorry, brain fart. So, what's left to fight for, or how does Max clinch the championship, which is, I guess, the, the, the bigger story or the biggest story uh, coming out of this is, basically, he just needs to win first place and get a, fastest lap or get the fastest lap and he'll be set up there that's all he has to do? that's all he has to do yeah 
So the infographic I have it. So we actually posted it on Instagram. Uh, Verstappen win fastest lap. Charles Leclerc needs to finish second or lower, and Sergio Perez needs to finish second or lower. Mm-hmm. If he just wins, Leclerc needs to finish third or lower, and Perez needs to finish second or lower. So he could still win without the fastest lap. He just needs Leclerc to finish third behind Perez. Mm-hmm. He could. There's all kinds of scenarios for second all the way down to first all the way down to uh, sixth. And if he's seventh with the fastest lap, I don't know. Like that doesn't even make sense. Uh, he'll go to it'll go to Austin, and at that point, it'll pretty much be like okay, like whatever. There's just not going to be enough points left to go around. It's academic, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. I think the uh, the championships, both championships, are pretty much over. Yeah, it's just a matter of it's not a matter of if, but when. The constructors' championships championship so there's 200 no there's not 200 there's 200 let's call it maximum points 235 remaining red bull has a lead of 137 points this one is pretty much academic unless they both just dnf out of the out of the rest of the races it's not even worth uh even bringing up so sergio perez's win um yancy called him the king of the streets he led wire to wire Essentially overtook Charlotte Claire right at the start and just never gave back the position. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The king of these streets. Sergio Perez has not finished lower than fourth on any street track this season. Saudi Arabia finished fourth. Monaco, obviously, he won. Mm-hmm. And Azerbaijan, he finished second and he won in Singapore. He is very good at street tracks. How about this? Red Bull this year won on all five street tracks. There you go. Verstappen in Baku, Jeddah, and Miami. Paris in Monaco and Singapore. They are the first team in history with five street track wins in a single season. Granted, I think this is... Is Miami considered a street track also? Yeah. Okay. I got to look it up. I don't know. Maybe this is the most street tracks ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a nice thing to look at, too. Yeah, you can say Miami's a street track. You still finished fourth in that one, too. I wasn't even considering Miami a street track because it felt like a... It looked like a purpose-built track, to be honest with you. But, all right, that makes sense. Uh, Can you guys tell me what happened with the safety car penalty that Sergio Perez got? Um... So he did get a penalty after all. Yes, he got five a five-second second penalty. penalty. He finished seven and a half seconds ahead, so he was clear of that. The, the rule is that you have to be at least 10 car lengths behind the safety, the safety car. car. If you're more than that, um, you, get, you, you can get a penalty. Um, did he do it twice? He did it twice. Three, three times. Three times. What? Yeah. But they only gave him the five-second penalty because he was... This is why they investigated afterwards. They wanted to see why he was doing it. The reason he stated that he was going so slow was because of the conditions, the damp conditions. He didn't want to... Obviously, he had to... He didn't want to pull a uh, George Russell... And crashed during a safety car because it's wet. 
George Russell did that in Imola. I believe it was two years ago. Um, and obviously he's leading the race. So that was his reasoning behind that. He's driving very carefully. He at some points in certain in certain turns, he had to be a little bit more behind just because he had to go a little bit slower. I to, guess to not slide. Can, yeah, okay. I guess you can say that. But there was also at some point where he was trying to rush the safety car because it was going too slow because he was right behind it. So yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, you so could I, say that he was trying to keep the heat in his tires, and that's, that's what I, he wanted. That's what I was going to yeah, say. So, yeah. but once yeah. they cool down, you have to be careful. You're yeah. driving on an ice skating exactly. rink, essentially. But that was the reason why it was that at some points in the track he was further than ten car lanes back. So do you see? Do you see that being? Like for for the future, may maybe either either do a bit, better training for the safety car itself to help them keep the tuckers. So it's, it's, it always seems to that the teams have a justification for things happening behind the safety car, and obviously we see it happening because people you know spin out and stuff like that. But do you see either the safety car itself becoming maybe a little faster, or knowing where to really slow down and where to at what time do it, you know the Maybe change some of the procedure to at what time do you, do a safety car go a little slower, so these things don't happen. Because obviously it is a justification by Sergio Perez saying because if you notice he's super slow, he's coming to like a turn in one of the videos, mm -hmm. and then that's when the safety car just disappears and he just floors it to go after him yeah. to get some heat before the next the following turn, and just pretty much obviously just. Remember that the the it doesn't matter if the safety car is fast or slow. Obviously, it matters to the drivers, but the point of the safety car is to slow the cars down so marshals can clear the track if there's or can fix the track yes. if there's anything going on the track so everybody's safe. So forget about so the speed. Much, it doesn't really matter. So it's pretty much even to that purpose. So maybe the safety car should be helping me go around the track to maintain some temperature on my tires. So when we do come with the yeah, what the crash is that we really do slow down, I won't crash. Yeah, but also remember that the safety car is dealing with the same conditions. No, no, but they're not dealing with the same conditions on the tires like we are. That oh, when no. my tires get cold, especially on a rainy day, mm -hmm. it just becomes like an iceberg or whatever you want to call it. Just, we're just sliding all over the place. I have told if the the rain cools it even more, I have zero grip if the tires are cold. So it's just things Change. that I think should be looked at change the tire compound. Same time, you had guys that were a minute behind. It, the safety car's point is to collect all the cars. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not to go as fast as possible. Anything else to talk about with Red Bull on this thing? I don't really have them coming up in the rest of the outline. Okay. Missed opportunities. Can we agree that this was Mercedes' best shot at a win all season? The way Hamilton's pole lap came out for... George Russell to not even... He didn't make it to Q3. No, he didn't even make it to Q3. He he got out on Q2. He was 11th. Then I'm Hamilton crashes due to being careless. Not even careless. He slid into the barriers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it's because due to the conditions, too, on that aspect. Because okay. he was running hot. Okay, this this Sergio Paris crash. No, no, no. But Sergio, Sergio Perez is a seven-time world champion. Sergio Perez didn't have to pass anybody. <laughs> they were quick. Uh, it, 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 yeah. Uh, I think what, what messed up, yeah. what messed up, or what, what put more, more challenges for them to in the weekend was the weather conditions, in because they, they were showing like they had the speed to be on top this weekend. 
They might have another chance. Especially in the little glimpse that we saw when it was being, you know, especially with the lap that he put. So, mind you, we were 100% dry that he's not going to have to worry about any any wet spots. He probably would have put it. So many years we've been sitting here saying Hamilton is the best driver in wet conditions. And now we're going to go back against that? No, no. I'm, what I'm saying is that the weekend itself, they, it was a build-up saying that they, was, they were going to outshine this weekend. And they, and they, they had glimpses of what they did. What I'm saying is if Hamilton would have been able to put a lap, that helps have to worry about any wet spots and stuff like that. I'm not trying to downplay that it, you know his talent on the wets. It's just saying that the little glimpse that we saw of the car in the dry, the car was shining. Like he could have put on the, the dry, he could have put a monster lap, in my opinion. That car's not quick enough, anyways. Um, I think they're. It's not their last chance. Uh, maybe Abu Dhabi might might suit them. It's still, because it's it's one of those tracks where it has a lot of ton of corners. Um, slow, slow speed corners as well. Um, so they might have a chance there. Not Brazil? No, well, Red Bull's too quick. I mean, okay. I, I think what you're seeing is, I think Leclerc pointed this out after the race. Um, for example, the Ferrari and maybe the Mercedes, but more so the Ferrari can challenge the Red Bull over one lap pace. Obviously in qualifying, we've seen that story play out this year plenty of times uh we saw during this race that the ferrari after six or seven laps they can keep up with the red bull but after seven laps is over the red bull's gone there the long the long pace of the red bull mm -hmm. is just so quick that not even the ferraris can keep up with them and the only way that the ferraris can even get ahead. I mean, if, if they get ahead of them in qualifying, we've seen, especially with Max driving, that he can get ahead and just pull out ahead of them. That Red Bull is just over a long haul. That Red Bull is super quick. Over a race distance is super quick. So, yeah, I think Charles had that. Um, that's why he had such a horrible start. He wanted to get off the line yeah. to be able to beat Because it's Paris. hard to overtake. Because if you notice, in the... At the beginning of the race, Alonso, super quick driver, had problems. Mm -hmm. Hamilton had a ton of problems getting off. Yeah. Leclerc, Max, mm -hmm. those four drivers, they had horrible stuff. Max looked like he stole the car. <laughs> he did. Yeah. But Leclerc also did too. Something happened, you know, to, all the, to these the four guys I just mentioned that they lost mm -hmm. chances and Perez just maximized it. Right. And then we called it. Right, watching the race, we called it. George Russell was going to be the first one to pit because he wanted. Yeah, he was he's the, the type gamble. to take the risk. Didn't well, work he was out. Running this like time. 18th or something at that point, so right. I don't know if it was. He started in the pits because he yeah. had a uh, new power unit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the, he was out of the top ten, so the one just pretty much says, "Hey, just just take the chance. Let's do it." It was a perfect scenario for him to do that. And with the rain, not to lose. No, I think Will Buxton said with the rain. Start from the pit lane, you're at least going to make it out of the first turn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, remember him being 11th, now you, we all go to the first turn and it's raining, somebody might take me out. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're right. So, Charles Leclerc, another pole mm -hmm. position, right? Ninth. Can't ninth. convert it to a No, ninth. Ninth, yeah. So, you only missed by seven? Speaking of ninth, Autosport posted this. Charles Leclerc saw another pole to win chance slip away at Singapore. He now has the ninth worst conversion rate of the drivers who have scored at least one pole to win in their career. For him to, every time he scores a pole, for him to win, it's 22.22%. 22 
<laughs> I'm laughing because somebody did the math for that. <laughs> but it, it kind of plays into exactly what he said after the race and what Yancey just said. Over one lap, car's quick, quick as hell. But right now, over a race distance, this, it's just it can't hang on. He said it. He said, "Listen, the first six or seven laps, you can you can see it after every safety car. I don't know how many safety cars we had this, which is again that caused kind of like a weird feeling to this race. But after every safety car, if he was behind, he can keep up with Paris. with Paris. But then after a while, tires start overheating. The car is just not quick enough. The Red Bull has shown in practice and in race distances throughout this entire year that if you put that Red Bull over a race distance, it will blow out." Anybody. Anybody, yeah. And we've seen that play out again with what you just said. Leclerc wins pole. Either he can't get off the line, team makes a mistake, and even if he does get off the line well and leads the race, Max Verstappen can overtake him. He was looking good when when they were getting close. I'm Checo. No, it was, but I mean, then just Checo. But it, you, the the thing is that you have to. He knew that he has to pull that overtake off. In six or seven laps. Mm -hmm. If he can't do it, then Checo is going to pull away. And that's what he tried, and he just couldn't do it. And it's a tough track to overtake. It's a street track. Street tracks are not easy. They're not paradise for overtakers, let's put it that way. So, Mercedes, ninth and 14th place finishes. Mm -hmm. George Russell, fastest lap, doesn't count because he wasn't in the top 10. Ferrari, a 2-3 finish. That grows their lead. 439 to 373 is 66-point lead. Very, very difficult. It will be very, very difficult for uh, Mercedes to, to overcome. Yeah. So, fourth and fifth. Yes. Fourth and fifth, Lando Ricardo. Lando Ricardo. New, new driver, I guess, Lando Ricardo. But you know what I mean. Fourth and fifth place, both McLaren cars. They score a total of 22 points. Combine that. With Alpine's double DNF, mm. sets them up to have a four-point lead, 129 to 125. So those 22 points from 107 skyrocketed yep. past them. Who who would have thought that? No, I, I, not me. <laughs> I thought Alpine had it in the bag for fourth place. So now that you just mentioned McLaren Alpine, would you say that driver of the day for you was Danny Ricardo? Started 15, finished fifth? Mm. They're on Song Hero, remember? They'll mention one? Uh, I mean, I guess. And the help, that was the, the driver of the day to me is Perez because to, to, to yeah, win yeah, yeah. in that way, impressive. Perez had to not started first, finished first, had to fight multiple challenges. Perez didn't start first. Oh, started second, yes. finished first, sorry. Started second, finished first, beat Leclerc off the line, had to fight off. Multiple challenges from the cars behind them through multiple safety cars and virtual safety cars. I think that's definitely driver. Of the day. He was locked in. Yeah. Um, what helped McLaren, meaning both Lando and Daniel Ricciardo, was that safety car. The timing. The yeah, timing the time of the safety, safety car. Yeah. Hold it right in the bar. Everyone had already pitted. They were the only two that didn't pit. Um, for the new slicks mm-hmm. after they were running on the intermediates. Once that safety car came in, they got literally a free pit stop, changed the slicks, off to the and races they, they go. That at one point, when I saw Ricardo put the sauce, I was like, oh man, he's toast. Yeah. But then right at that time as well, was when they put the timer in place too. 
not to take away from their drives, but that is what helped McLaren out. And on top of that, that the Alpines had engine issues. I think the most dramatic one was was it was it uh, Ocon that was engine blew up. It just went poof. Alonso. It was Alonso. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, they both engines went out, but there was one that was really dramatic. Alonso was yeah. one. So uh, that they just had a big cough, dude. I don't. That's crazy that they even. When I saw that, I'm like, wait, what? That they're in fourth now is uh, pretty good considering the season that they've had. Well, especially Ricardo. Um, Norris has had a spectacular season. Another big winner. So Haas, 12th and 13th place. Aston Martin finished with a 6th and an 8th place. 37 points now up on Haas is 34. That Did they go from 9th to 7th? That 6th and 8th was a, com- a combined 12 yeah. points. Yeah, basically they did. Combined 12 points and they shot up from 9th to 7th. Who would have thought Little Lance Stroll would be able to pull it off? Seventh place, huh? Sixth place. Six. Sebastian Vettel, eighth. That's the that's the thing with Lance Stroll, isn't it? Right. Lance Stroll, um, as opposed to the other pay driver on the grid, we say we can say that he sucks because he has these moments where it's like, "What are you doing, dude?" But then he just shows. <laughs> Like these fra- flashes of, all right, you're a decent F1 driver, but he's not consistent with it. He tends to do good in the in the rain, in the wet, on the rain, on the rain, or damp conditions. I think I asked you guys. What the co- hell did you just say? No, he tends to do good on 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 you know like damp conditions. I thought you said the rain and the rain. I, is he dance. tends. <laughs> you heard dance, right? Okay, I heard my dance. Bad. I, was okay. like, I, I heard he seems in to a be, dance condition. I he seems to be dancing in the rain well. Um, but that's the and street tracks too. How long? How yeah, long? I, I think I asked you guys this question before. How long until Stroll is no longer an F one in the next year? Once because we see all these other young drivers just beating the crap out of them, I think it's going to be automatic. Once he becomes the, the, the next Latifi, because it's like it, these moments is so far and few in between. And I think that's what's kept them in F1. I mean, what's kept them in F1 is that daddy bought the team. Yeah. But it's just, you know, how... Oh, the other question would be, if Daddy Stroll didn't own the team, how long ago would uh, we would they would have gotten rid of him? Would it be this year, last year? Would it be still be in F1? Well, remember, he came to Aston Martin was was... Force India, you know, for racing, racing point or whatever. Yeah. Because of the daddy buying the team, he so was a Williams. Think, so he think he would have been. He would have been out of Williams. But yeah. He would. He wouldn't even. If daddy didn't buy the team, he wouldn't have even been on that team. Yeah. He would have been out, out already from Williams. He would have been out. So right. who finishes seventh? Aston Martin thirty-seven, Haas thirty-four, AlphaTauri thirty-four. Hold on, bro. That's the only team that to me, it seems freaking. Crazy that they're ninth Alpha freaking Tower. When was the last time? Are you guys not gonna acknowledge the job that Botas and when Joe Wan Yu have done? Quietly too. Quietly. Yeah, you're right. Sadly in Yo, sixth place. No, I'm not gonna acknowledge it. Do not talk bad about Botas. <laughs> I'm not gonna acknowledge it. Yo, guess what? So in my opinion, six should be Alpha Tower. 
But they just nowhere. No, they from the no, British, no, no, they deserve to be where they're at. They of course, the way they're going. Yeah, yeah. From the British Grand Prix until now, this mm-hmm. past weekend, Alfa Romero scored one point. And you don't want me to talk bad about bonus? No, no. Do not talk bad about both. How about this? One point. One point. Because Sonora has not scored a single point since Spain. Who? Since Sonora. Oh, Jesus. And they resigned him. <laughs> and they resigned him, bro. Okay. Yo, that's we need a, a, that's we need a move. The Breeze still, right there. The, still, Nick talk, the Breeze should be right there. Don't talk bad about Botas. Well, um, he could have gone swimming this weekend. So let's talk something something positive about it. It could have been, you know, the lake pitcher that you have, whatever, the rear pitcher. It could have been him in the track. Nicholas Latifi, see you later. Godspeed. Take care. Yeah. Japanese Grand Prix preview. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 Trivia da, da, da. time. Yes. Da, 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 da. I wasn't ready. Go. I have to look for my phone now. I wasn't ready. Yo, dude, Botas hasn't scored a point since Canada. <laughs> <laughs> And you don't want us to talk bad. Don't talk bad about Botas, man. He carried that team. And check this out. He hasn't scored a point since Canada, and he still beat Joe Guan Yu this season. Joe Guan Yu has six points. <coughs> exactly. All right, so we're ready? Beast I, found Botas I found my notes. We ready? Let's, Let's go, go with the first question. Da, 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 da. Uh, who won the first Japanese Grand Prix? I'll give you a hint. Is the race... In the movie Rush, where Nicky Lauda refuses to race. Oh, James Hunt. Oh, no, he didn't win that race. He refused to race that one? Yeah, 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 because, yeah. Of the, because of the wet conditions. He didn't conditions. win that race. He no. did not win that race. But he did finish ahead of, I think, but he made an awesome comeback, though. Because he had to finish, like, fourth or something. Yeah, it was. Nicky Lauda. <laughs> he didn't win that race. I don't know. Uh, Mario Andre. Oh. That was also the last, or the one and only Lotus Japan win. Oh, really? Was James Hall finished fourth that race? Third. Third, okay. Yeah. I remember he had to come back. He had to finish third to win the championship. Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, Can you tell me what this track has in common with the Monaco circuit and are the only two tracks on the calendar with this feature? Uh, Crossover? No. You had a crossover this weekend? Do they cross over this weekend? No. Oh, a tunnel. Well, I guess that would be the same thing. <laughs> no, no, but... Uh, okay, go ahead. They only have one DRS song. The only two tracks in the whole, mm. the whole calendar only okay. have one DRS song. Jesus, really? Yeah. Alright. Uh, I think Japan is still the only one that has a crossover, dude. Japan... Uh, doesn't Miami have one? Whatever. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be a, a little tricky one. Or, or tough. But it could, be, it could be easy to, to answer to. Uh, which two drivers collided at the 1989 and the 1990 Japanese Grand Prix? And both years, it had an impact on the actual championship. 1989 and, and 1990. 1990. Two legendary drivers. Prost and Senna? He got it. Oh, yeah. Wow, how could we forget that? Can't What's, tell if you're being sarcastic. No, no, it's true. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm remembering the whole drama, uh, watching the Senate documentary. That was very, that was crazy. I think Prost went into Senna one year, and then the next year Senna went into Prost. Yes. Yeah. 
who was the last non-Mercedes driver to win this Grand Prix? Last year, Max Verstappen. We didn't have a last year. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sebastian Vettel. He got it. In 2018. Sebastian Vettel actually has four wins in this track. Mm -hmm. He also did it in 14, 13, and 09. And he, obviously, Dad, him and Lewis. 14? Yeah. In the turbo hybrid? Yeah, in the beginning. He did 14, 13, and 09. From okay. 09 to 14, he could have gone for five straight, but Jason Bunn in 11, or I think it was 11 or 12, beat him to it. Something around those lines was better, like the one more, whatever. History. Here we go. Miami does not have a crossover. It's a very popular racing destination. Japan has, has been loved. Formula One first came for two years in 1976 and 1977. It was at another track, not a Suzuka. Suzuka was was building in, around that time as well, but it's, it's owned by it was a Honda test track back mm -hmm. then. Uh, the other circuit where they normally race between each other is Fuji. Mm -hmm. It's also it's now owned by Toyota. Um, it has only been absent from the calendar since 1987, twice. COVID. Mm -hmm. And also, Japan itself, the Japan Japanese Grand Prix has only been absent twice because of COVID, but the Suzuka track has only been absent as well from 1987 to now, or obviously before COVID, twice, and it was because for two years they went to the Fuji track and then they came back. Excuse me. A record 13 world titles have been decided here due to calendar spacing. They always they were always 14, towards the end. Circuit was originally built in 1963. Was on it's a Honda track. Uh, I just mentioned earlier that the, prior to it, 1987 the, the Grand Prix that was shared between Suzuka Circuit and Fuji Circuit which is the two years were 06 and 07 uh, it was just like we said in one of the questions earlier we gave a little hint it was the Fuji Circuit that Japan hosted the first F1 Grand Prix back in 1976 that was the race shown in the movie Rush where James Hunt finished third and was crowned world title or Nicolata who refuses to race or who refuses to, to take part of it due to they were super, super wet conditions. Uh, Japan was the only Asian nation to host Formula One until Malaysia joined in 1999. Monsoon conditions. Monsoon. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. In 1994 and 1995, it held two Grand Prix. The country itself held two Grand Prix in the same year. The other circuit was, uh, it was, it has a different name now, but it was Thai circuit. And it was called the Pacific Grand Prix. Mm. Japan as a country. Okay. Uh, most successful driver Schumacher with six Ham with five Better with four Most successful constructor McLaren with nine Ferrari with seven Mercedes with six Engine manufacturers Mercedes with 11 Renault with 10 And four with eight Obviously then it's Ferrari with seven Because Highlights 1989-1990 As I was saying in the question earlier It was two, you know, two years in a row Where The title was determined In a crash between Senna and Prost It was Both two guys One I believe, I don't know if which one of the two, but it was when Senna crashed into, and the first one, they collided. Senna was able to keep going, but was later disqualified. Yeah, because, because he, did, of the way he, 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 he didn't rejoined, go through the runoff. Yeah. Before, because the way he went through the runoff, the way he mm -hmm. rejoined the track. Uh, in 2000 was Schumacher's first Ferrari title. The first title was Ferrari was decided here. And 05, Kimi Raikkonen won from 17 from the grid. And he said to be his most remarkable win. I don't know you guys if I miss anything. Who? Kimi Raikkonen. You don't remember? Oh yeah, he came back from seventeen. From you don't remember? Okay. 
Um, Leave me alone. I know what to do. We have it there? We have a hidden since he retired, you know? We have to hide that. <laughs> so there's 51 laps, 18 corners. Uh, length is 5.8 kilometers. I don't know how much that translates to miles. Uh, shifts per lap, 31 to 33, which is the second least across the whole calendar. Percent of the lap at full throttle is 70 to 75 percent. Beast. So Low max. My yeah, my and it has a big turn too. The 180 R180. Yeah, there you go. It has an R115. It's got an R whatever. So here's the prediction. It's gonna happen, right? Honda in Japan on their track is gonna crown a Honda World Champion. And Max Verstappen, I I think that it's just gonna happen, and uh, I think uh, imagine they planned it. They were like, let's not, let's not win, let's let's pull them in during qualifying. But no, <laughs> I, I think I think not much to even talk about. I think they sealed the deal. I think Leclerc gets pulled though. Leclerc will get pulled, and Max wins. George Russell will be back to top five as well again, since he wasn't this weekend. Yeah, uh, Leclerc got to pull 3.6 miles, by the way. Thank you, buddy. Yeah. Nice math. Um, Leclerc got to pull. Yeah, Verstappen. It's not going to be by much. I think it's going to be close. Well, it would be nice if, uh, if it would be a Rebel 1 2. So now behind the Power 1 2 with winning the champion, blah, 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 blah. blah. Well, yeah. Science third. Science third? Yeah, I don't. Checo's not a good qualifier. And I don't think that the closest, the car that comes closest to those two cars uh, would be the Mercedes, and they're just not going to be quick on this track. I won't put both Ferraris on the, on the podium because Ferrari got to F up somewhere, so one of the cars. Well, I'm, talk, I'm talking about qualifying. Oh, qualifying. Oh, we yeah. just went straight up to, the, to a race finish. <laughs> a race finish is going to be Max, Leclerc, and, and Sainz. No Sainz, but yeah. Well, I don't know. I see this kind of like, uh, kind of like Zandvoort, right? I, that's the way I kind of envision this track. So I really, I really believe that uh, Max is going to run away with this. I think that both Mercedes cars are going to have a shot. If you recall, in Zandvoort, they finished second and fourth. Charles Leclerc was third. So I think that um, I, I don't know. Unless they, I, I, this has never happened, especially this season. Unless Ferrari Ferrari really screws up, I don't see Mercedes. <laughs> I don't see Mercedes getting second place or even potentially winning this at all. I agree with you on that. Ferrari got to mess up one of the cars, and we haven't seen that at all, <laughs> even this weekend. <laughs> all right, guys. Anything else before we wrap up? No, that's it. I think that the Mercedes was just quick on and Zandvoort because it was a lot shorter. This is a, that's a four point two kilometer track. I don't see Mercedes. This is a slightly longer, so I don't see Mercedes doing that that well this track. But we will see. That's why they have the races. And it's another race weekend. Yeah, and yo, it's at one a.m. One a.m. for us. Yes, one a.m. for us here. That's we'll have our revenge in Vegas last year. Next, Next year. year. Yes. Uh, so at Jump to Start F1 on Twitter and Instagram, make sure to follow us. Make sure to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. It's race week. Yep. Yeah. See y'all next week. Peace. Peace.